uh, we're dealing with pride versus humility. And as we're thinking about pride, we saw, of course, last week where it originated from. Uh, it comes as a result of what Satan did as he lifted himself up with pride to battle against God himself, saying, I will be like the Most High God. And then from there, he then tempts Eve in Genesis chapter 3 with the very same thing that he fell into. And so, sure enough, Eve and Adam both fell the eyes of them both are opened as a temptation went into uh, place. They fell into this temptation for the very reason that they will be gods. That they will have a knowledge that is between good and evil. And sure enough, you know, when we think about the future and think about how even Satan is going to be... This is going to drive me nuts, Ryan. I'm sorry, i got to move this tractor. I'm going to be wanting playing with this in all service. Uh, so sure enough, Satan, Satan is going to be in the future, I feel, tempting in the same way, not only now, but even in the future, when I see the end of the millennial reign of Christ, right after Satan is loose, remember how he's bound for a thousand years, and he is loose, and here he is, again, going to tempt all the nations that are going to be here during the kingdom, and it tells us that they are all going to surround the holy city of God and fight against Israel yet again. And sure enough, what do you think Satan is going to tempt them with when he is released? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. The exact same thing. Not the new one of the sun. So therefore, we as Christians ought to stop and realize, you know what? we got to deal with pride. And if we are going to develop to be Christ-like, there is something that we must put on. And he uses the word clothing, if you will, putting something on you, and that is humility. And so if we're going to put something on, therefore we've got to put off something, don't we? And what we've got to do is put off pride and put on humility, because when God looks at pride, he says, can't stand it. Matter of fact, uh, when we think about pride and how hurtful it really is, and we see individuals that are proud, it's as though only those, well, let me, let me read a quote. Pride is the only disease that makes everyone sick but the one who has it. It's like we can see it in everybody else, but it's so hard for us to see pride in ourselves. It's easy to see it everywhere else. And so what we have to do is examine self because if I'm going to develop as a Christian, then I have to look at my life and my motives of why I do what I do. Is it for recognition of self? Is it doing something outwardly that everybody's going to be able to see and say, see, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be better than everybody else. I'm going to be unique. And what happens is sometimes we can be lifted up with pride to draw attention to ourselves. Matter of fact, one man defined, I've given you many definitions, but one man defined pride as showing oneself above others and then with that meaning that I am separated or better than you because I can do this, I look this way, I, you know, the list goes on. And then the humility is just the opposite. Defined, humble means not 
rising from the ground. It's an interesting way of looking at it. Not rising from the ground. Meaning, you keep yourself down. And that means a lowliness or a low uh, spirit about who you are. Now, this day and age, Christians, we are... I mean, even some of the shrink books that I see in the Christian world that are talking about making sure that we do not have low self-esteem. Now, let me, let me help you here a little bit. Because sometimes the definition in a person's mind of not having low self-esteem means I got to think really highly of myself. I'm a great person. And I can do everything. And all of a sudden, we can have this swing from what we considered a low self-esteem to pride. And, and that's not what God wants. I can do all things through... It's not me. It's Christ that does it in and through me. And so once I recognize in my mind that I keep myself down that it is by the grace of God, who gets the glory for it? God does. But if I say, look, I have accomplished what I have done, then all of a sudden pride gets into the way, and as we have learned, that pride comes before a destruction. Haughty spirit comes before a fall. So we need to be careful that we do not allow pride to come in. But rather, as a, we would use the word humble servant, we want to be used by God. And so humility is something I believe that is learned. It is something that is seen in others. And the world would look at it as a weakness. And God says, wrong. Humility is strength. Pride is a weakness. Matter of fact, it's almost like, you know, if, if you've watched sports... And you don't necessarily know the teams real well, you know. You just say, okay, I just want to watch a good game here or watch a good match here. And you're, all of a sudden, you're showing the, the competitors. And one of the guys gets up and is like, yep, it's all about me. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm the man. You automatically think, I hope this guy loses. Man, do I hope this guy's going down. Just teach him a lesson. The boys, uh, when they were... Little, I think they started out at 40 and 45 pounds, wrestlers. Caleb and Stephen were. They were big things, you know. We'd go around to the, to the tournaments and stuff, and, and we didn't do it like a lot of them did. But uh, you want to see something that brings out pride. Sports. And so we would go around, and, and Stephen and Caleb both, you know, they go, and, you know, we were pretty poor, so we couldn't go out and buy all the expensive singlets, you know, expensive wrestling sneakers and everything else. We didn't have it. Yeah, we were just there to have fun and wrestle. And so they would go in with their street sneakers and shorts and a t-shirt. And all these other guys had the, you know, all the bright colors, things, you know, like that. And, and we won't forget the one match. Uh, Steven happened to be wrestling that one. And he's, now you got to remember, he's a little kid. Little kid. And Lori happened to be there as the coach that day, okay? And so this guy over here is with his son with the expensive singlet on. And Steve is looking over. It's like intimidation right away, you know? And, you know, as a little kid, I, you know, I'm not trying, but, but he, got, he was a very emotional kid. And he, it kind of irritated him when he had to go against it. And so sometimes he would be a little upset. And so sure enough, the dad is catching this. 
And he's yelling this out. See, kids are real weakling. You're going to kill him. You're going to do this and that, you know. And Stephen, that really just... So, so sure enough, when they go going out, what he didn't realize is when Stephen got upset like that, he went crazy. <laughs> he decked that kid so fast, and guess who walked off the mat crying? Of course, we're like, yeah. We taught that guy humility, didn't we, you know? <laughs> it, it is amazing, this whole thing, that it starts so young. God resists pride. And, and uh, a few weeks from now, we're going to get back into this. Of course, next week's Mom's Day, so we're going to talk about Mother's Day. And the next week, we have Bearing Precious Seeds. We'll, we'll get back into this a little bit more. We're going to see some uh, definitive places and individuals in the Scriptures that, that had this particular issue. But I want to now break this text down a little bit. He's, in this chapter, God is dealing with leadership. Verse number one, the elders which are among you, I exhort specifically talking to the pastors. And he talks about himself a little bit, but the uh, admonition is in verse 2, to feed the flock of God which is among you and taking the oversight, but not by constraint. Now, interesting, he's talking to the leadership and he's teaching them how to pastor. Now, of course, the apostle Peter and and in his example, we remember how Jesus, one of the last things he says specifically to Peter is this. He says, Peter, do you love me? Well, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. Two, two more times after that, do you, do you love me? Do you love me? And both times then he said, feed my sheep. And as though, be a pastor. Shepherd them. Feed them. Give them something that's going to nourish and, and build them up. And sure enough, here he is writing about those who do it or writing to those who are doing it. And so he tells them, listen, you don't do it by constraint. You don't do it, you know, uh, making them do things, but rather willingly. And you don't do it for money, filthy lucre. And you better have a, a strong, ready mind. Now here's the key, verse 3. Don't, neither as being lords over God's heritage. You want to talk about somebody has issues? Give somebody authority. You've got now a name. People are going to come to you for answers. And all of a sudden it's like, mm-hmm, I'm the leader now. I remember the very first time uh, I was an electrician and uh, uh, Another guy and I were pretty much low on the totem pole, but Harry, the owner, came to he and I, and he said, guys, we need you to change a light bulb. <laughs> Seriously. And we're going to send you two out to do this. So this is the first job that this guy and I had on our own. It's like we didn't even know who the foreman was yet, just two of us, you know. So we're both trying to prove something to the others, like we know what we're doing. So we got in the truck, we went in town, you know. It's one of these signs, you know, where, where it's the, the neon lights, you know, special, you know, it's, it's, it's showing the name of the restaurant, and we had to change a bulb. We thought we were big stuff. So we're climbing up one of the ladders, you know, and I had to climb up, and I said to him, I said, now, listen, I'm going to go one of the high part here, and I'm going to take over. Sure enough, I did it. Man, I was so full of myself, thinking this is so great, and I went up there, not looking where my feet were going, I stepped right on one of these expensive bulbs and snapped the thing right in half, and all of a sudden, humility came into my mind. 
I don't know why it is it's so hard for us to humble ourselves, but it is. Christians, when we don't humble ourselves, guess who does step in? If we won't do it, God has to. And we're going to see that in a few weeks also. Humility is, is such a key in opposition to, the, to pride. Matter of fact, going on in this text, we'll move along quick now, verse 5. So, the younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Now, some have thought that this would be subordinates, if you will, in ministry. That he's dealing with pastors, elders, and those underneath will be deacons or those who will be underneath as the uh, 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 younger, that they are to yield themselves or submit themselves to the older. And then he says, and now listen, everybody, all of you, be subject one to another. So what does it mean to submit? Well, what it means is that you are going to allow yourself, put yourself underneath somebody else. When you went and put your name in at a job, what you, you signed up for is this. I'm going to come in and I'm willing to take this job and get paid so much money, and, and I'm coming in to learn this job and to do this job, and so therefore, whoever is over me, foremans and supervisors and boss, etc., whoever signs my check, they're in control, I'm not. That's what you signed up for. You didn't come in to tell the boss how to run his business, or else start your own business, right? So you're willing to, isn't it amazing after, you, after guys learn a little bit of what's going on, how he knows more than the boss? Isn't it amazing how he knows more than the person that owns the company? Boy, they had to do it this way. They have no idea what they're doing. You know what you're showing? An unsubmissive attitude. Matter of fact, three different books I was reading through this morning talks about those who are servants, those who are workers, how you are to obey those that are over top of you. That means you put yourself underneath. You say, I don't want to be underneath anybody. And guess what you haven't learned? Humility. That means you are underneath somebody else. And boy, this irks America. We don't like this word, me, underneath somebody else. I'm equal with everybody. No, you're not. We don't like to hear that. Well, nobody's my boss. I can do what... No, you wait for your paycheck. You tell your boss how to do it. You'll see who, who's under who. Or who's equal. Try to go see the president today. I'll buy you the plane ticket. Try to go into his office today. It ain't going to happen. You know why? You, you can't go there. You just can't do certain things because he's up here. He is our president. You understand? There's rankings, and God has it in nature. God has it in the church. God has it in the family. Oh, there's popular. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. And it's almost like you're saying a curse word when you say the word submit. It's, it's, a, it's a divine order that God has created. And if we don't do it, it's because of pride. If we do it, it shows humility. And then humility then brings an exaltation in your life. And you'll be honored for doing what God called you to do. But if you resist what God has made you and what God has called you to do, you will lack reward in heaven. Wives, you will be rewarded for fulfilling your role within your home, not trying to do your husband's job. And husbands, take lead as you're supposed to, but not lording over them, loving them as an example that they will want to follow you and you'll get rewarded. But if you do nothing, 
and you let everybody else do the leadership, guess who's going to get the reward? Not you. You're not going to be lifted up. This stuff's really, really easy if we just do what God says. But what happens is when we, you know, as one man said, when, when we have any kind of an organization, whether it's a church or, or a home or a government, and you try to get two heads, you got a monster, and they're going to be battling each other all the time. It never works. Aren't you glad that you have one brain on your body? Do you think nature teaches us this stuff? We have one head. And that's all we have. You know why? We have one head. It is our God. It is our Father. And Jesus Christ, order is underneath Him. Man is underneath Him. Woman is underneath. You say, I don't think that's right. Well, check out the order that God created. So pride won't allow itself to submit. And he says, everybody submit. So children, guess who you're supposed to uh, submit to? Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. All parents have that one memorized. Make their kids memorize it. You will memorize this one. You know? If you know oh, no other verse besides Jesus wept, you're going to learn. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. You are going to, you know, we, 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 we see that order. And so God throughout is given a divine order. And I've given you a few illustrations. So he says, put on or clothe yourself then with humility because, notice this, God resists the proud. That resisting is a word that means to range in battle against. So pride is so opposite of God, it is as though God has a battle against pride. Well, it's pretty, pretty intense. Where did it start? Satan. Allowed man to fall. No wonder God despises pride so much. So we put on the humility, and God says, that is beautiful. But if we clothe ourselves with pride... God says, don't like it. So if we put on the humility, God says, I'm going to use you. If we clothe ourselves with pride, God says, I'm going to resist. You are in absolute opposition of what I'm trying to get accomplished here. Because God doesn't use the proud. He uses the beautiful garment of humility. And then on top of that, He gives grace then to the humble. What's grace? We learned last year. God giving you and I something that we don't deserve. Enabling us this, this benefit, if you will, that God gives this special grace to you and I to do what? To be able to do things for Him. So He's not going to enable the proud. He's going to enable the humble. Folks, I had a guy, he was... Um, I was part of leading him to the Lord, but, but the, the guy was so proud and uh, so arrogant. Uh, he was talking to me one day, and he goes, you know, I'm going to be an evangelist. I said, great, that's, that's wonderful. He goes, yeah, I know, I know I'm going to lead a lot of people to the Lord. I said, that's wonderful. He goes, here's, here's my game plan. I'm going to become a bodybuilder. Seriously, it's true. He said, I'm going to be a bodybuilder. And he said, don't you think that if I was huge, my muscles were huge, that people would respect me more and I will be able to win more people to the Lord. 
Now, humanly speaking, ting, ting, one plus one equals two to the people, the way they think, you know, this is going to be able to do I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, by the way, he never did get into that. Uh, sad stories about the guy. And pride is not how God uses people. It has nothing to do with what you look like. It has nothing to do, and I don't know if we're going to have time to get in all these things, but it tells us in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 8 that knowledge puffeth up. It's proud. You realize God doesn't even use what you know about this world? God uses his spirit and Christ inside of you as a vessel to be used by him. That's as simple as it gets. As uh, Ryan made note, I'm a farm boy. I milked cows for a living. You know what farmers do? It's a pretty humble job. You get up at 5.30 to get the cows off the ridge at 6 o'clock. You get you know, your clodhoppers on. You go up, you get all this done, and you probably don't have enough time to eat plus get a shower before you go to school. So you went the way you went. And we, made, we were made fun of a lot by the way we dress. And the jeans and you know, the old thick Levi that lasted forever. You know, you, you couldn't wore, wear a hole in the things. Now you, have to, you can buy them with holes in them now. It's like, wait a minute. You mean you're paying $130 for a pair of jeans with holes all through them? Man, that's good. It's amazing what pride will do. Mom and Dad knew what they were doing. Keeping us down to earth. The reality. And God wants to use you. And if you want God to use you, there is a coat that you need to put on first. And it is a coat of humility. And that means you are going to choose to rank yourself underneath first. And then through the processes... You begin to mature and to grow, and people will see how God is magnifying you in the sight of the people, and before long, you're up to leadership. But you don't start out at the top. Ask every college graduate that isn't the boss's son. Did you catch all that? Every college graduate that's not the boss's son, where they start out in business. It is not at the top. You have to start out low. And you say, I don't want that. I want that six digits. I'm going to start at the very top. It isn't going to happen unless you're related. You have to start like the rest of us and start out low to go high. God resists. So what we do is humble ourselves, therefore, as a result of this. I love it how he says the mighty hand of God. It's like he's the strong one, and we humble ourselves under then. And then who is it that exalts us? He God himself, the mighty one, the strong one, then takes you and I and lifts us up. There's a man in the Old Testament whose name was Joseph. You know the story. And this poor guy, everybody except for daddy, didn't like him. Daddy loved him, but his brothers didn't like him. They sold him into slavery. And sure enough, then finally, you know, Potiphar likes him, elevates him. And sure enough, his wife you know, likes Joseph, and, and he wouldn't go in under her, so she cries rape, and he's thrown into the prison ministry. So he goes to jail, and bunk, bunk, bunk. I mean, this guy is down and up and down and up, and 
And sometimes you look at this guy and you say, how did he ever hold it together? But the end, sure enough, because of God enabling him to interpret dreams. That's all he did. All he did was interpreted a dream while in prison. And then down the road, oh yeah, Pharaoh has a dream. And oh yeah, I knew this guy that interpreted my dream and it came true. Well, drag him out of prison, clean him up, put him before the king. And, and the king says, what's going to happen? He says, well, there's going to be seven years of famine, seven years uh, good first. And uh, sure enough, you got to get somebody in charge of taking care of the, the seven good years, get your barns filled up and get you through the second half. You're going to be a rich man. He said, hmm. Gee, what a smart guy. Why not put you ahead of it all? So he is number two, if you will, in Egypt, who is basically ruling the world. You want to talk about ups and downs. And yet, do you think it was because Joseph did it right, and as his heart was revealed later, God meant it. What was it? The bad meant it for good. And there are bad things that are going to happen in our lives. Through humility, we prove to God we love him. God says, I will then exalt you as a result of the proper humility. And that way you can actually handle the leadership and won't be lifted up with pride and fall. But if you go into it too quick, you'll fall. You'll lord over. Won't be a good boss. Won't be able to handle things properly. God resists that. And we ought to, too. We ought to resist it in ourselves first. Resist the pride. Casting all your cares upon him. Because he cares for you. Because Satan, as a roaring lion, go about seeking whom he may devour. Resist steadfastly in the what? Faith. That's, by the way, the rest of that. So we resist Satan, and when we resist Satan, it is as though we are resisting pride in our lives. Because that's what Satan is trying to do inside of our lives, saying, you're, you're better than that. You shouldn't be humbled. I'd never do that. Well, maybe you should. And then we learn humility, and then we're lifted up. Father, now Lord, teach us your word. Teach us what is Christ-like? Help us, Lord, as we have learned in just these couple of verses how important the subject of pride is in your word. That you, Lord, would even teach us that you will battle against pride. Help us, Lord, to battle against pride in our lives, in our family, in our church, and Lord, in our nation. Lord, we know that this week as a nation, we have chosen to have a day of prayer. And Lord, as we pray now for our nation, for our leadership, help us, Lord, as a nation, because it seems as pride has taken us over, the wrong kind of pride. Lord, help our leaders to humble themselves to admit that it is wrong and obey your word. Lord, I pray for us as a church that you will bless us because, Lord, if we are humbled before you through time, 
exaltation will come. Thank you for this brief invitation we now have, and may your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.